And welcome to Biblical Tapestry, Season 6, Episode 14, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, we return to Chapter 7 with a deviation to Chapter 26. In these chapters, Jeremiah stands at the temple gate delivering a sermon of what God tells him to say to the people of Judah. This sermon is very important and it almost leads to Jeremiah's death at the hands of his own people. Well, a shorter version of the sermon that we find in chapter 7 is found in chapter 26. It is likely the same event as the time frame is at the same point in history in the beginning of Jehoiakim's reign, three months after King Josiah dies in battle, and Jehoiakim's brother Jehoahaz was disposed by Necho, and taken captive back to Egypt. Remember that Josiah had fought against the Egyptians as they came north to join the Assyrians in fighting against Babylon. And Josiah dies by the Egyptian archers. And three months later, his other son, Jehoiakim, is installed by Pharaoh Necho II as a vassal of Egypt. Jehoiakim was to become a wicked king and a nemesis of Jeremiah. So let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 26. Look at verses 1 through 6. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not hold back a word. It may be they will listen and every one turn from his evil way that I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me, to walk on my law that I have set before you, and listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I sent to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and I will make this city a curse for all the nations of the earth. If the sermon recorded here is the same as we see in chapter 7, then we see the reforms that Josiah had installed were quickly being abandoned as encouraged by Jehoiakim. This may have been a festival time where large crowds had gathered at the temple in Jerusalem. And by speaking against the temple as Jeremiah was doing, he was taking his life in his own hands as that was considered blasphemy regardless of how empty the current worship practices were. The temple was a symbol of security for the people But this was a fallacy, because security was not in a building, but in the moral, uprightness, faithfulness, and obedience to their God. I encourage you to read further in chapter 26, as Jeremiah was almost killed for this sermon. From chapters 26 to 45, we see the events of Jeremiah's life written in third person, and most likely the work of Baruch, Jeremiah's scribe, and perhaps others. Chapters 1 through 25, for the most part, are written in the first person. Chapter 7 is focused on the content of the sermon, and chapter 26 is more focused on the reaction of the people to the sermon. So now we will go back to chapter 7 in Jeremiah and look at Jeremiah's sermon in greater detail. Turning to Jeremiah 7, starting in verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, And proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah, who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, 
amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppose the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered, only to go on doing all of these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it because of the evil of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen, and when I called you, you did not answer, therefore I will do to the house that is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place that I gave to you, and to your fathers, as I did to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I cast out all of your kinsmen, all the offspring of Ephraim. All right, back to verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Here is a characteristic introduction to many of Jeremiah's sermons or messages. This is a reminder that these messages were directly from God. Now, the exact gate that he's referred to here, where he preached the sermon, is unknown, as there may have been as many as seven gates between the outer and inner courts. But it was most likely the place where Jeremiah could command a large audience, especially if during a festival. These verses are a recording of what God told Jeremiah what to say at that sermon and at that location. Verse 3 and 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. When God says this place, it means God had allowed his people to dwell in the land of Judah. To continue to live in the promised land, they needed to amend their ways and their deeds, and they would be able to stay. However, there is a serious issue. Their trust was not in God, but in the temple. God made the Israelites his chosen people. He made a covenant with Abraham, giving the promised land to them and their descendants in perpetuity. God made a covenant with David, and his kingdom will be established forever. The temple for the people of Jeremiah's time became that symbol of God's protective power. Psalm 132.13 says, For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has declared it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. Judah had been spared the fate of Israel and the northern tribes because they were taken into captivity by 
Assyria in 722 BC. And he saved him from the Assyrian Sennacherib in 701 BC. And the temple to them became kind of like a good luck charm. And Judah had forgotten that God required obedience as a condition of enjoying his blessings. They were trusting in the deceptive words repeated three times for effect, the temple of the Lord. This was an issue even in the New Testament times when accusations came against Jesus that he could rebuild the temple in three days, when Jesus was clearly speaking of himself between crucifixion, the time between crucifixion and resurrection. Verse 5 says, If you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in a land that I gave you of old to your fathers forever. God gives Jeremiah the formula of the religion that pleases him. God you know, gave them the promised land, but it was conditional. They had to practice justice with one another. They had to not oppress others. They had to not shed innocent blood or worship other gods. The conditions are spelled out in many places in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 16.20 Justice and only justice you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 22.21 And you shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. In Deuteronomy 19.8, And if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he has sworn to your fathers, and gives you all the land that he promised to give to your fathers, provided you are careful to keep all his commandments, which I command you today, by loving the Lord your God with all, but by walking ever in his ways, then you shall add three other cities to these three, lest innocent blood be shed in your land, that the Lord your God has given you for an inheritance, and so the guilt of bloodshed be upon you. And then Exodus 23, as part of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Judah, however, preferred to trust in worthless words and still claim the privilege of a covenant relationship with God without having to do any of the responsibilities. Verse 8. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it declares the Lord. God is willing, God is telling, excuse me, that Jeremiah, that Judah had violated at least six of the Ten Commandments. They felt no shame in violating the moral laws of God. Worse yet, as they do these things, they then come and stand in the temple that bears God's name and say, we are delivered. They would follow through the temple rituals only to go back and do the detestable things without fear of any punishment. What does God say Judah had turned the temple into? A den of robbers. Jesus quotes this in Isaiah 56, 7, when he cleansed the temple. 
in Matthew 21, 12, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. In Isaiah 56, 7, that's where God calls his house a house of prayer. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Jeremiah reminds them that God is watching. Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Verse 12. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it, because of the evil of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen, and when I called you, you did not answer. Therefore I will do to the house that is called by my name, in which you trust, and to the place that I gave to you and your fathers as I did to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I cast out all of your kinsmen, all the offspring of Ephraim. God did not spare Shiloh, the very place where the tabernacle of the Lord and the Ark of the Covenant were located long before the temple. Why would he spare the temple? The city was destroyed by the Philistines in 1050 B.C., the city of Shiloh. The temple was not exempt from God's wrath against sin. F.B. Huey writes, If God would destroy the city where the tabernacle and Ark were located because of Israel's sins, how could Jerusalem expect to escape a similar fate? Judah was not listening, and they do not answer God's call to them. God is about to cast Judah out of his sight, but all the surrounding nations will suffer the same fate, and many would happen exactly as it happened to the nation of Israel and to the north. Okay, next episode, we will continue in the message at the temple in chapter 7. God wants a heart of obedience, and Judah has the opportunity to get it right. That is in next episode 15. I hope you will follow season 6 as we continue to follow the career of Jeremiah and the historical accounts around his ministry. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have learned something new about God's Word. And may God bless you this day.